Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for September 19th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. The Beer Garden has another two weeks left to go, ladies and gentlemen, and it's closed for the season. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, right here on Off The Script. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. It's been a busy day, man. It's been a very busy day. We got war games announced. I wonder who predicted that one, right? Yeah, I know, man. We, we said it coming out of SummerSlam, bro. Love it. War games is coming back. We got a men's and women's war games. Obviously, you see who the ladies are going to be. Which combination of men we will get in there? I'm assuming it will be the bloodline against the combination of WWE superstars on the men's side. It could be Kevin Owens. It could be Drew McIntyre. It could be a Braun Strowman. It could be a Shree Profits. It could be a Madcap Moss, a Ricochet. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Only time will tell. But that was the major announcement today. Triple H announced that there will be war games. Obviously, this will be... An ongoing developing story. This was the announcement today. I gave my initial reaction to this news. So if you guys want to go check that out, there is an extra, a 24-minute extra on the channel. Go check that out if you missed that content earlier in the day. This was not the only news that broke today with War Games. Triple H is bringing back yet another match, and it is an NXT favorite. An NXT favorite. Fight Pit. Fight Pit is coming back. And I love this. Because not only does it add that intensity to the Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle feud. But it's legitimately taking place at a show that desperately over the years. Because Vince McMahon was afraid to go there. On a show that desperately needs to be extreme. I think this is fantastic. We have Fight Pit. We got War Games. And Triple H is just constantly changing and giving us... It's funny how everybody knows I was correct in everything that I've said and done over the last seven years. And now everything that we complained about is actually coming to fruition. We we might as well just call me the modern-day Nostradamus. We didn't have some neckbeard UK geeks, virgins predict shit. We didn't have SAP or anybody else in the community predict shit. I don't give a fuck who said anything. I'm live and the only world that matters to me here is what happens on this show. So if somebody else was live and said something about it, fuck off. I don't really give a shit. 
because I don't watch nobody. They don't watch me. I don't watch them. They could fucking kiss my ass. I don't really give a shit. We got change. Change is happening. Everything that we talked about that needed to be changed is changing. And now we are, after all this struggle, all these years, we are now finally feeling the fruits of Triple H's just, I don't even want to say labor, anger, frustration. And you know he's been sitting on all this shit for the last five years, man. He's been sitting on all this shit for the last five years or so. He is having a blast. He's having a blast. You know, that's going to be the new t-shirt, man. I think I'm going to have somebody mock up a J.D. Domus t-shirt. Seriously. I think that would go over very well. I think that would be a top seller on bonfire.com. So we got Fight Pit. We got War Games. The other big thing that happened tonight, Monday Night Raw was... Monday Night Raw was very good tonight. Lots of in-ring story. And uh, Jimmy Snow, Potty Mouth, if you don't like if you don't like the fucking language on the show, get the fuck out! This is my show, bitch. Guardian, get him out of here. Monday Night Raw was a very good show. I'm in some mood. Monday Night Raw is a very good show. We have a lot of storyline-driven narrative on this show. No filler on this show. Everything mattered. Everything meant something. Everything was supposed to be there. Nothing was out of place. But everybody's talking about Bray Wyatt. Everybody's talking about Bray Wyatt. We got another White Rabbit tease. I went over this earlier, and I feel like I need to go over this again tonight with everybody. The White Rabbit is trending. Not only has WWE been giving you these teases at house shows about the White Rabbit, Jefferson Airplane being played, their song, The White Rabbit, being played during SmackDown, during a house show on Saturday, during a house show on Sunday, during tonight's Monday Night Raw, during the commercial breaks. White Rabbit and the mystery surrounding the White Rabbit is taking over WWE, and everybody's talking about now 9-23, which is a Friday, and that is obviously SmackDown. People were thinking maybe it's 9-23 tonight because this vignette that we're going to talk about aired before 9-23. Obviously now people are looking towards SmackDown in regards to the White Rabbit. Everybody thought, I thought, Dirt Sheets thought that the White Rabbit And the mystery surrounding the White Rabbit was solved. At least some of it has been solved. But it's still an ongoing mystery. A lot of people are attributing this to be Bray Wyatt. Some people were claiming that, oh, this has got to be Karrion Kross. Karrion Kross was the White Rabbit in Lucha Underground. There was even photographs of Karrion Kross depicted with a White Rabbit, holding a White Rabbit. Kevin Castle tweeted me publicly. I I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning him by name. He, he tweeted me, and, and, and I tweeted something about the vignette that we saw tonight, and he tweeted me because of the tweet that I had put out. He says, it is not Karrion Cross." If he's saying that, I'm going to believe him because he knows Cross on, I don't know how much of a personal level, but they have been in communication over the years, and Cross is a friend of the podcast family that is Don Tony, Kevin Castle, and Wrestling Suit. So Kevin Castle saying something, about that, I'm going to take that as factual. I didn't even think it was carrying cross to begin with. 
I even said it today on my po- on the, on the extra that I did earlier. I don't think it's carrying cross. Why would it be carrying cross? Why would people be out there thinking that Triple H is going to change carrying cross's gimmick and theme song when he just got back to WWE? Vince did him dirty, and now you're bringing him back to only change his gimmick again and his theme song again. That would not be, that would not make any sense whatsoever. The White Rabbit is now. People are talking about now it being Bray Wyatt. Carrying Cross responded to these White Rabbit rumors. A fan tweeted Carrying Cross, "What is this White Rabbit at Real Killer Cross?" I've seen people talk about this as of late. Feel like I'm missing something here. LOL. Cross responded, "Flattered to be remembered for that. Keep watching. Assume nothing." In another tweet, Cross responded to a fan who was happy that he killed the Bray Wyatt rumors. Cross tweeted, call me a killer, guilty as charged. However, I wouldn't look to me as a suspect for any of this. I'm an innocent killer. People are reaching for answers and have no idea what to grasp for. Keep watching and have fun. That's what I'm doing, says Karrion Cross on Twitter. It all started tonight with this mysterious QR code, WWE and their QR codes. Yes, it is uh, Adam, Adam Rose's bunny rabbit. That's who it's going to be. No, it's not. WWE and their QR codes. They've done QR codes in the past. They've done QR codes for Zoe Stark on NXT. They did QR codes to trick you into something and then it not be anything, leading to WWE Shop and some discounts. On merchandise, they love their QR codes. They even had somebody walk on screen tonight in the crowd with a fucking QR code poster. They love their QR codes. And this time, the White Rabbit mystery continues via the QR code that you saw tonight on Monday Night Raw. Shortly after a commercial break on Raw, during a backstage segment with Austin Theory, I don't know if he has anything to do with this, but... Austin Theory, I don't think, has anything to do with this. A QR code could be seen in the background, and if you scan the code, then it takes you to a video on WWE.com featuring a white rabbit. In this video, it's about 45 seconds long, there is a bunny rabbit, and they're playing hangman. And it asks to spell out the word to the answer, or I guess fill out the answer to the question. Who killed the world was the question. The letters fill in to, you did. The answer was, you did. Who killed the world? You did. And then a come with me message appeared on the screen with a bunny rabbit hopping around. And then we see a 9.23 and then a 9.23 in blue and white letters flash up on the screen. This seems to imply that It may happen on SmackDown. But then I have questions as to what's going on. What's going on on SmackDown and why SmackDown in Utah, Salt Lake City. Now, I don't think WWE would be foolish enough to debut Bray Wyatt on a random episode of SmackDown in Salt Lake City. That doesn't really, that doesn't really bode well for the debut of the character. Yeah, we're going to debut him on SmackDown. It could happen. But I think debuting somebody like Bray Wyatt, I'm thinking grander scale, I'm thinking bigger, I'm thinking pay-per-view, I'm thinking extreme rules, or I'm thinking 
Saudi or I'm thinking Survivor Series in Boston. I don't know. If there's one thing we know about Triple H, Triple H is not going to reveal all his cards at the poker table in one shot. He's going to let you fucking sweat a little bit. He's going to make it as unpredictable as possible. He's going to ask you, he's going to ask you, do you want it? Great, I'm going to continue teasing. He's going to blue ball you to death. That's what Triple H does. And it ends up working. That's what he wants. He wants your interest. He wants your attention. He wants people talking about the product. And when people are now attributing this to Bray Wyatt, one of the most popular superstars of the modern era, somebody that everybody wants to see return to the company to do right and for justice to be brought to him after the last administration fucked him over, this is a winning combination. Now, SmackDown, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to debut on SmackDown. This may lead to another clue. This may lead to another vignette, another QR code. I don't see him debuting on SmackDown. So that was the vignette there, the QR code that we saw during the middle of the show. Then we get to the main event. Then we get to the main event. And I don't know how many people saw this during the main event. You might have been bored because she's terrible. Main event of Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Tonight, Alexa Bliss and Bailey had some words back and forth and then ended up in the main event together in a one-on-one match. Monday Night Raw saw Bailey rip on Bliss for being a shell of her former self. All of this mattered when we got to the main event. Bailey beat Bliss during the main event. And during the match, the announcers kept pointing out that Bliss was not putting everything she had into the match. The idea was to get across to the fans at home that she's lost a step. I don't need the announcers to tell me Alexa Bliss has lost a step. Alexa Bliss never had any steps. She never had any steps to begin with. She since dropped the supernatural gimmick when WWE kind of revamped her character in the beginning of the year. They still have her coming out with that ridiculous doll. And she's now, I would say, emo. She's got this emo theme song. She's very cringe. She's not interesting. She's not as entertaining as she was when she was a heel. So Bliss has been floundering on Raw. She's in the the, the middle of this feud with Bailey and and Damage Control. She's mixing it up with Asuka and Bianca Belair as a babyface. That's all they have for her. There really isn't any substance for her. She's just there by default because there is nobody else. If there was anybody else, I'm I'm sure we can all come up with a suitable replacement for Alexa fucking Bliss. But during the main event, the lights went out during the main event, just briefly. You might have missed it. I don't know if you guys caught that. The lights went out during the main event. Some are taking that to factor into the White Rabbit mystery, and that is something that was very synonymous with Bray Wyatt. And people are now speculating that this is indeed leading to Bray Wyatt returning and aligning himself with something to do with Alexa Bliss. Maybe tying up loose ends to that story. WWE basically killed the entire Fiend character, gave it to Alexa, gave her supernatural powers that they didn't know what to do with while they fired Bray Wyatt. So Alexa Bliss, with the lights going out during the show, we could see this now develop into a story where she once again aligns herself or at least has something to do 
with the returning Bray Wyatt in some way, shape, or form, at least to tie up the loose ends as far as her involvement with what was going on when they were paired together on television. So we got the QR code. We got the song, The White Rabbit, by Jefferson Airplane playing in the arenas all week. And now we got the lights going out during Alexa Bliss's match with Bailey. Some believe these teases are related to Karrion Cross. I don't think they're related to Karrion Cross at all. I am putting my name to this. I think it's Bray Wyatt. I'm sure you guys think it's Bray Wyatt as well. It could be somebody else, and we're all fucking taken for a fool. Could end up being Dominic Dijakovic. We don't fucking know. Could end up being T-Bar. We don't know. Or another returning superstar that WWE has in mind that isn't Bray Wyatt. I don't know. But the lettering, come with me, the white rabbit, the hangman, the evil music in the background that was playing during this 45 minute or 45 second vignette that we saw after we scanned the QR code, the lights going out. These are all things that have happened and are synonymous with Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But it's very interesting. And this is why we watch. It's going to get people talking. I'm sure there's some investigative geeks out there that are dissecting this and fucking slow playing it and watching this in instant slow motion and all this shit on Reddit. They'll have it uncovered by the end of the evening, I'm sure. No life, no touching of grass virgins out there will probably have this decoded by the time the sun comes up in the morning. But I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Or maybe it's... Vince McMahon returning. I I don't know. Maybe it's Vince McMahon returning to the WWE. Who killed the world? You did, Vince McMahon says. I don't know. I'm going with Bray Wyatt, and it's going to be a very, very interesting season with WWE, man. Going into Extreme Rules, going into Crown Jewel, going into Survivor Series. There's a lot of excitement around the WWE product, Extreme Rules, is finally feeling like Extreme Rules after all these years of these gimmick pay-per-views. It's finally feeling like Extreme Rules. It's got some substance to it. Extreme Rules is looking very good on paper. I'm excited. I am excited about what's coming to WWE. And we're going to go over Monday Night Raw. We're going to go over everything that happened on tonight's show. And uh, I appreciate you guys being here. It's going to be a good time. Listen, man, Wednesday, it's going to be a big week. Never mind a big Monday. It's going to be a big Wednesday. I will be holding a VIP, OTS VIP meetup on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Grand Slam is happening on Wednesday. It's going to be a major night. New world champion will be crowned for AEW. And I will be doing a meet and greet at the Wood Lot. In Woodside, New York, on Woodside Avenue, the Woodlot. Come on out. It's going to be great. There's going to be a catered OTS menu for everybody that's going to join us during the meetup. There's going to be some cold beverages. There's going to be beer, whiskey, non-alcoholic beverages for people that are underage. It's going to be great. So come on out. There's going to be merchandise to be sold. There's going to be OTS mugs. There's going to be t-shirts. There's going to be... Pictures with the OTS title belt. It's going to be awesome, man. So come on out. I'll be there at 3 p.m. And let's make this better than last year's Grand Slam, man. I can't wait to meet all you guys. It's going to be awesome. The Woodlot, 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. Hopefully the weather holds up. 
Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, man. The love on TikTok today has been tremendous, man. 100, almost 100,000 views on TikTok today. And we are nearing 10,000 followers on TikTok. Nearing. We are basically there. Thank you guys very much for all the support there on social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo links are down in the description below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications as well. Great day on YouTube. Go check out all the content that you might have missed. We were live last night for episode 444. And we had that extra today on War Games. Go check it out. I need 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's Monday Night Raw post show. Super chats are open. Get them on in. You guys let me know what you think of the White Rabbit. You guys let me know. What you think about Monday Night Raw and all the big wrestling news in the Super Chats. So get them on in. We'll hang out with our cold beverages at the end of the show. And tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. Make sure you guys use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. No matter what. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20. 20% off. And get those memberships in. I just got word that the emotes will be ready in just a couple of weeks. New emotes on top of the ones you got. You're getting seven new emotes and two new badges, man. Awesome, awesome stuff. Great perks for all my VIPs that want to join and have already become a part of the OTS family. I was very confused about why Triple H opened the show with Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins and closed the show with Bailey and Alexa Bliss. I would have absolutely reversed these two matches. Now, I get he loves women's wrestling, but let's be real. Bailey and Alexa Bliss in a nothing match with nothing on the line do not deserve to be main eventing over a Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley with the United States Championship. The championship that you have decided is the championship right now on Monday Night Raw due to circumstances beyond our control with Roman Reigns. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It should have been in the main event, and I don't really approve of that. That's probably the one biggest negative to the show, if you're asking me. J.D., what didn't you like about the show? That's probably the one thing I'd point at, and that the United States title did not close the show tonight. Bailey and Alexa Bliss in a nothing match should have absolutely opened the show. 
They really didn't do anything in that match that would warrant a main event. So we open the show with the United States Championship. And this is Bobby Lashley defending the U.S. title against Seth Rollins. They gave them 20 minutes in the open of Monday Night Raw. And this was very good. You know, I've said it constantly, man. I've said it constantly, week in and week out for the last several weeks. We need to start putting some respect on Seth Rollins' name. I honestly think we are at a point where people are taking him for granted. A lot of people know he's good. But a lot of people aren't really paying attention to how good Seth Rollins is operating right now. He is operating at the highest of levels for what he's done as a WWE superstar. I really think Seth Rollins needs to get what he deserves on Monday night. If they bring a world championship back to Monday night and they don't want to do Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania, I'm absolutely giving the WWE title to Seth Rollins. That's what I'm going with. I do, I, I do think we, we need to start paying attention to, to what Seth Rollins is doing, man. The most selfless man in all of WWE. He has helped put over Riddle. He has helped put over Cody. He's done everything to help others, while a lot of people like me are claiming he deserves his flowers. When is that going to happen? I pitched an ideal or three with Roman Reigns. You know, I don't want Roman Reigns to lose, but I also don't want, at least to WrestleMania, but I also don't want him to hold the WWE title hostage. Why don't we put the WWE title on the line in the Royal Rumble and just take that WWE title away from Roman Reigns, put it on the line in the Royal Rumble, and have Seth Rollins win the Royal Rumble? I think that would be fantastic. Imagine the WWE title on the line in the Royal Rumble, and we get Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes entering that Royal Rumble at number one and number two. And they are the last two men in that Royal Rumble, and they're fighting over the WWE title as the two last members of that Royal Rumble. Can you imagine how epic that would be? That would be fantastic. With Rollins winning, and then Cody goes into the Elimination Chamber, hell-bent on getting Rollins and revenge on Rollins. Rollins could eliminate Cody in some fuckery at the Royal Rumble, right? Cody would go into the Elimination Chamber in February, win that, get a championship match against Rollins, win the title on Saturday night, night one at WrestleMania. If you don't want to do Cody and Roman, that's the problem. We don't know what's going to happen with Roman Reigns and Dwayne. That's what's holding all of this up. If you ask me, Cody wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Roman Reigns to win the World Championship. That's just the way I see it. But Seth Rollins, we need to start giving him a little bit more respect for the work that he's done, the selfless work that he's been doing all year. Bobby Lashley, and yes, that is just one idea. That is just one idea. The other idea is Cody winning the Royal Rumble and challenging Roman on Saturday night to win the WWE title while Roman goes to Sunday night in the main event and beats Dwayne to retain the Universal Championship. The other idea would be a triple threat match with Austin Theory and somebody else and Theory cashes in and he takes one of the titles away from Roman Reigns. I I don't like that idea. I don't like Roman Reigns in a losing effort there even though he wouldn't be pinned. So those are my three ideas. But Bobby Lashley as well, man. Bobby Lashley has has been really on top of his game, especially as the United States champion. He's had some solid matches under his belt. He's had some solid matches with Champ. He's had some solid matches with Theory. He's had solid match again here tonight with Seth Rollins. Rollins tried to curb stomp him early on, but Lashley was too strong, and that obviously did not happen. 
Lashley ran him over outside the ring, leading to a commercial break right at the top. Rollins took control during the commercial break after Lashley ran shoulder first into the ring post, and Rollins now was focusing on the arm and the shoulder due to this spot. Rollins hit consecutive suicide dives, but Lashley hoisted him up moments later and drove him into the ring post, and now he did what Rollins did to him earlier. Lashley in the ring, hits a dominator. He goes for a cover, gets a two-count. Goes for a flatliner, goes for a cover, gets a two-count. Lashley tried for a superplex up top, but Rollins raked his eyes and hit a buckle bomb. As he came down, hits a buckle bomb, followed by a frog splash up top for a two-count. Rollins then applied a crossface, and obviously this did not work because Lashley powered out and followed up with a power slam. Lashley went for a spear, but Rollins leapt up and countered it into a pedigree. Again, I don't like the pedigree being used as a what-if finish. I don't like it being used as a setup move and then being kicked out. Basically, the pedigree is now the Blue Thunder Bomb by Sami Zayn. It is basically very similar to what Sami Zayn does with the Blue Thunder Bomb. Now the pedigree is nothing more than a false finish move in Seth Rollins' moveset. I don't like it. I wish they'd change that. So, he goes for a pedigree, hits it, goes for a cover, gets a two-count. Lashley then is laying on the mat. Rollins goes up top. He goes for his patented Phoenix Splash and a stomp before applying the Hurt Lock. So, Lashley avoided the Phoenix Splash. He avoided a stomp and then goes for the Hurt Lock. Rollins counted into a cradle for a two, but Lashley held on to the rope. So, Referee, all of a sudden, was knocked over briefly. Rollins, while the referee was down and did not have eyes on the situation, kick to the penis. Rollins low-blowed Lashley. This gave him the open to win the match. All of a sudden, Matt Riddle's theme music hits the PA system, and Rollins is like, huh? Where's that coming from? He's looking around. He's looking around. He ran down to ringside. He stopped in the middle of the aisle. Did Matt Riddle. This distraction was enough to distract Rollins, right? So Lashley hits a spear and a one, two, three. I don't like that ending. I don't like that ending whatsoever. So Rollins has a great match with Bobby Lashley for a United States title that I don't even think he is ever going to win. The United States title is beneath Seth Rollins. This is what I said last week. It's beneath him. So why are we having this match? It was basically a one-off match between two good professional wrestlers. One good, one great. But the way that Rollins lost, I mean, it makes him look like a fucking geek. I don't understand these, these interferences and these distractions, right? You get, you get the theme music going off, right? You get the theme music go, oh, what's going on? You know, he's looking around. Where is he? And then, oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take my, I'm going to take my eye off the fucking opponent in the ring, who in this case is Bobby fucking Lashley. Turn around, you eat a spear, one, two, three, and that's it because you're fucking, <laughs> oh, is that Matt Riddle? Fucking ridiculous, man. Dumb. This is not even dumb baby face syndrome. 
This is idiotic heel syndrome for Seth Rollins, man. I don't like that. I don't like that whatsoever. Could have did that a lot better. A lot better. So, Rollins is distracted by Riddle. Good match. Bobby Lashley continuing his string of good matches. Rollins has been excellent. Crowd was into it. Crowd loved the ending because Matt Riddle popped the crowd, but it did not make Seth Rollins look good whatsoever. Damage control. A lot of people are uh, finding damage control very boring. I'm not in that camp yet, but damage control really needs to get serious. We need some character development here for damage control, man. Io Shirai seems like she's a fish out of water out there. She's got basically no character or charisma with this crowd. The crowd is not really taking to her like I expected. And Dakota Kai, I don't know what it is with the crowds. They're not taking to her either. Bailey is good enough because she is great at what she does to really keep this group afloat. But I'm hearing a lot of indifference right now. Not only on TV with the crowds there live, but in the community with damage control. I don't know what you guys feel about damage control. I feel like the honeymoon phase with damage control is over. And I honestly think we need to start flipping the switch now. We need to start getting serious. If damage control is going to be inside a war games match, which looks to be the case, they need to start getting serious. There needs to be an, I would say, a situation where the intensity is a lot bigger than it is. The more, the more serious they are, I think the better they'll be. And I don't know if Bailey wins the title or not. I feel like everything will be all right when they get in that war games. I think people will look at them a little bit different. And it will be exciting and it will take the group to the next level. But right now, they're really not feeling, you know, like a, a huge threat. It's very, it's just very there. I don't know how else to put it. It's just there. It's not good. It's not bad. It's, it's just there. And we need to do something to remedy that. I don't know. So damage control is out there. And with Survivor Series now featuring War Games, I think that this is going to be the perfect opportunity to get all of these ladies that are battling on Monday Night Raw inside of War Games. Now, who do we put in there? Obviously, it's going to be Bailey, EO, and Dakota. And then on the babyface side, we got Bianca, and we got Alexa, and we got, depending on what she's going through with this character change, she may end up breaking up from all of these ladies and just going on her own, and she may actually be the bane of their existence. She may be the reason why they lose the match. Bailey, EO, and Dakota versus Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka. Now, clearly, War Games is either four-on-four four or five-on-five. So what do we do here? I posed the question to you guys earlier. I even did a YouTube short, and I posed the question. How would you book war games? We'll talk about the men a little bit later. How would you book war games? With the ladies, we got these six ladies. Obviously, war games is four-on-four or five-on-five. Right now, we're looking at three-on-three. We got to add either one to each team or two to each team. So what do we do? We saw Raquel Rodriguez, right, on SmackDown and Shotzi Blackheart on SmackDown. They kind of formed an alliance there to take out or at least continue their feud with 
damage control. So it looks like they may be on the babyface side of things. But that leaves two open spots for damage control. So what does Bailey go out and do? Who does Bailey get if it's going to be a five-on-five affair at War Games? There's two groups of women that I could see tie into this. One, it could be Sasha Banks and Naomi, which I do end up thinking it will be. Because the tie there with Bailey and Sasha, I mean, it's just, it's just common sense. You know, you, you want these two women out there as far as the first ever women's war games match on the main roster. Clearly, you're going to have Bailey and Sasha, who are the leaders of the revolution, and Triple H knows that, in that first ever match on the main roster for the ladies. That's why I predicted Sasha and Naomi. But JD, they'd be heel. So what? So what? Do you want Sasha Banks back as a babyface? I know I don't. I know I don't want them back as a babyface. What they did was a heel move. They walked out of the fucking company. They're upset. They don't like management. Management begged them to come back. They got a gripe with management. So clearly, Bailey is running the show now with Damage Control, and then Sasha Banks and Naomi are joining Damage Control to run the fucking show. Why not? I don't want Sasha back as a babyface at all. She's good, but she's better as a heel. And Naomi, I think she's got a lot to offer as a heel as well. Nobody wants to see a babyface. We'd be going right back to where they were before they left. Time to change shit up. So that's the five-on-five that I'm pitching. But the other two ladies that would fit very well in a war game setting... I don't know if they're going to have anything to do with these ladies or not, but you could do Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler joining forces with Damage Control to take on Bianca, Asuka, Alexa, Raquel, and Shotzi. But I think Sasha Banks and Naomi fit better than Ronda and Shayna Baszler do. So we'll see what happens there. But that's the one I'm pitching. And that's what I see happening with War Games. So they're out there celebrating their big title win from last week. They had balloons and streamers. Bailey said she is the fans' Bay Area hero. She said they are there to celebrate. Bailey told them to show some respect for the champions because it doesn't seem like the Sharks can get it done for us. Bailey then thanked Dakota and EO for believing in her vision. EO said they, or Kai said they needed each other. They said it's time for the former champs to go home. All of a sudden, Bianca Belair's theme music hit, and she interrupts this celebration of damage control. She's out there with Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Belair said that they weren't planning to interrupt their celebration, but then they had to run their mouths and disrespect them. Now we'll have to teach you some respect. Bailey asked that they have no patience. She said the division spiraled out of control without them because Belair is too impulsive. She said she needs to see the bigger picture. She reiterated that next time they wrestle, it'll be on her clock. Bailey told Oscar and Bliss, they don't look like they fit the picture anymore since Belair has plenty of accessories otherwise. Bliss then fired back. Bailey said she thought Lily was the only one who bit. Bailey said she is a shell of the former Alexa Bliss that I used to know. Bliss says she'd like to torment her some more, even though you say that. You versus me, she said tonight. 
Bliss said Lily does bite, but I also bite back too. Bailey, Kai, and Sky left the ring. Bailey tried to sneak back in, but she was knocked to the floor quickly by Alexa Bliss. And this is where the segment came to an end. I don't know what's going on, man. I, like I said, it's just there. I don't know what it is. Something seems to be missing from damage control. I don't know if it's coming from Bailey and we're not seeing it. I don't know if it's coming from EO or Dakota. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to pinpoint Bailey here because she's the leader of the group and the group should be a lot further along and a lot more over than they are with her leading the group because her, her heel work was tremendous before she went out with injury. She was legitimately on the run of a lifetime as a heel on the main roster. It seems like she hasn't been able to recapture that feeling since coming back. And I don't know what we need to do there. I really don't. I don't want to sit here and tell you that Bailey is kind of half-assing the heel shtick. I don't want to say that just yet. But I don't believe... Bailey feels that she believes in what she's saying. Otherwise, it would be coming off a lot different. I even seen it from Alexa Bliss tonight, man. It almost felt like Alexa Bliss half-assed her way to a promo tonight. It's almost as if she didn't want to be there. Now, that may be by design. I don't know. I don't know. There, there looks to be a character change at some point happening with Alexa Bliss, and maybe that's what she's been told to do. You got to go out there and kind of not be yourself. So I don't, I don't want to zing Alexa Bliss on that, but something is definitely coming out of damage control that just isn't resonating with the fans. I don't know what it is. So hopefully they can correct that. And I do think if we're going to lead this into a War Games match, it will be okay with War Games because that stipulation is going to save everybody here and it's just going to be great. But we need this all to get to the intensity of even warranting a War Games match. And right now we're not there. Austin Theory, he went one-on-one with Kevin Owens tonight. This was easily, in my opinion, the match of the evening. This was great. Everything Kevin Owens is doing on this show has been fantastic. Kevin Owens and the rise of Kevin Owens on Monday night has been fantastic. And it's happened organically. It's happened naturally. Triple H is not pushing him down everybody's throat. He's not out there fucking vying for championships. He's not in multiple fucking segments. He's not in three, four, five different segments of the night. He's out there wrestling. He's out there getting major babyface reactions. And he's out there just organically being himself. And people are taking to that. This is the Kevin Owens that we all fell in love with. And Triple H is pushing Kevin Owens... And Kevin Owens, the way we fell in love with Kevin Owens is what we're getting on TV. I love it. This went about 12 minutes. Honestly, it could have went a little bit longer, and I would have been okay. Austin Theory can't take anything away from him. You know, everybody says he's the future of WWE. Austin Theory is great. I think Austin Theory is fantastic. Theory attacked Owens during his entrance and tossed him into the barricade. Owens laughed at the referee for asking him if he still wanted to fight. He told him, ring the bell. Ring the bell. Owens was in control until Theory gave him a neck breaker off the apron to the outside, which led to a commercial break. They wrestled back and forth. Theory blocked both with a powerbomb and a stunner attempt, but Owens hit a super kick and then a swanton bomb for two. 
They battle up on top until Owens missed a double jump moonsault. And Theory hit a rolling neck breaker for two. Theory followed with another neck breaker for two. Johnny Gargano appeared at ringside holding Theory's money in the bank briefcase. Theory was distracted and ran right into an Owens super kick. Owens followed up with a cannonball and a pop-up powerbomb for the one, two, three. Very good match. Johnny Gargano, he got in there and he teased stealing the money in the bank briefcase from Austin Theory. It's nice to see Johnny Gargano out there. And crowd was into this. They loved Owens. They popped for Johnny Gargano stealing the briefcase. And Austin Theory continues to lose match lose matches with him holding the money in the bank briefcase, which is basically what Vince McMahon did with Austin Theory holding the money in the bank briefcase. So nothing has changed there. So it looks like we're setting up Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory for a possible pay-per-view match. I don't know where Kevin Owens goes into Extreme Rules. Maybe he does nothing in Extreme Rules. But Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory seems to be the match that they may be going with at Extreme Rules after the outcome of this Owens and Theory match with the briefcase kind of being dangled in front of Theory, costing him that match, and Owens getting the upper hand. So we'll see what happens there. Kevin Patrick's in the back. He interviews Matt Riddle about what had happened earlier in the night with Seth Rollins. So he was backstage... And Riddle said he's going to hunt Seth down every chance he gets until he gets a rematch with Seth Rollins regarding facing Edge, or not Edge, uh, Balor and Damian Priest. Riddle says he wants to help Rey Mysterio get revenge. He said, Priest and Balor used to be cool kids, but now they dress up like goth kids on South Park. He said Ray helped him last week, so he's going to help Ray out this week against Damian Priest and Finn Balor. We got another highlight of the Roman Reigns and Logan Paul contract signing press conference in Las Vegas. Don't really care to talk about that anymore. I just am too tired to even care anymore. I don't care. We got the Brawling Brutes. They're on SmackDown. Ridge Holland and Butch. So Butch is out there, and he's dressed like bruiserweight Pete Dunne. And Ridge Holland is out there without Sheamus. Ready? I don't know. You know, I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss doing the let me at him, you know? I thought that was I love that skit, man. Let me at him, Scoob! Can't do it no more, man. He's looking like Pete Dunne. He's dressing like Pete Dunne. He's wrestling like Pete Dunne. He doesn't look like a fucking paper boy. Gotta love it, man. We're gonna get Pete Dunne back to being Pete Dunne soon. Whenever Triple H decides to change his name back to Pete Dunne. So they're out there. And they were going over their number one contendership. They got a match with the Usos on Friday Night SmackDown for the tag team titles. Butch shouted, It's fight night on Monday Night Raw. Ready? I could still do that, though. He said Sheamus is already preparing their celebration. Holland said they're ready to become champions come Friday. The Street Profits come out, and they interrupt the brawling brutes. They came out wearing San Francisco Giant replica uniforms. They said they went through three teams on SmackDown, but they didn't beat them. Holland said they're willing to see if they put their money where their mouths are. The 
prophet says, oh, yeah, I like the way you think. We want that smoke. So we got a tag team match between the Brawling Brutes and the Street Profits on Monday Night Raw. Little inter-promotional tag team match here. This match went 15 minutes or so. And this is exactly what I want out of the tag team division. Hopefully, if you guys know the rumor of Triple H getting the tag team titles redone, hopefully that is true. We're not going to have two sets of tag team championships anymore. The tag team championships are no longer going to be red and blue. There's going to be one set of unified titles that will be on black straps that look similar to the front plates of these current titles with the big WWE logo in the center. And if that's the case... It almost sounds like Triple H is ready to take the tag team division and put them all on both shows. Every tag team is going to be able to float between Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. And the tag team titles are going to operate the same way that the women's tag team titles operate under with that rule of whoever the champions are, they could go to any brand that they want. Whether it's Raw, SmackDown, and vice versa. I think that's awesome. One championship to rule them all, and one division that is all together as one. I've been calling for this since 2016. So please, go out there and tell me somebody else predicted that, not named JD. Fuck off. I've said a lot on this show that has actually come true, and I don't put shit behind a fucking paywall. And I don't go out there and suck dick for interviews. I just say what I say, I watch the show, and I apply. And more times than not, nine times out of ten, I end up being correct. That's why I love what I do here. Hopefully that's the case. And Brawling Brutes and Street Profits is the type of match that I would like to see on a Monday or Friday, just randomly, between two great tag teams. Two great tag teams, the Brawling Brutes and the Street Profits. Holland and Butch, double teams. The Street Profits, they did a double-team version of Sheamus's uh, clubbing forearms. And the Brutes worked over Montez Ford through a commercial break. Eventually, they beat him down until he makes a hot tag to Angelo Dawkins, who hits Holland with clotheslines and then a spinning back elbow, a big stinger splash in Zaguri, and then his silencer for the one-two and kickout. So he continues his offense. Butch makes a blind tag, kicked Dawkins in the mouth. Ford broke up a cover made by Butch. Butch applied a triangle choke, but Dawkins hoisted him up into position for Ford, and they hit a beautiful double-team blockbuster, which really got the crowd going. Dawkins sent Hollins out of the ring with a running shoulder tackle because it's football season, and Ford followed up with a flip dive to the outside on both opponents. Profits then tried to double-team Uh, But Butch wrenched Ford's fingers while he was climbing the top rope. This uh, caused him to fall to the outside. Holland then gave Dawkins a power slam after Butch kicked him in the head for added leverage for the one, two, three. And the Brawling Brutes get the victory. Street Profits are great. Everybody loves the Street Profits. Uh, Their time has come, though. They've really done everything that you could really want on the main roster. They've been NXT Tag Team Champions. They've been Monday Night Raw Tag Team Champions. They've been SmackDown Tag Team Champions. There's nothing more that they can do. They feud it with the New Day. They feud it with the Usos. Who, who else is there for them to feud with? So it's nice to see the shine going to other teams. It's nice to see the Brawling Brutes get some shine 
on Monday night here with the win and Friday night on SmackDown getting that match with the Usos. It should be a banger. It should be a banger on Friday night. And I don't know why anybody expected the Brawling Brutes to lose this. They got a championship match on Friday. You can't have them lose going into a match with the Usos. It would not make them look good going into a championship match. They needed the victory, and they got it tonight. Over the Street Profits, who are a very accomplished tag team. No problem with this whatsoever. Very entertaining match. More of this, please. Sarah Schreiber. She interviewed Rey Mysterio. She asked him for an update on Edge's future and what happened with Edge. And if there's been any reconciliation between him and Dominic. He said his son won't even speak to him. And he regretted not knowing about the resentment he felt for him sooner. He said he won't give up on his son. He says he wants to know that everything he's ever done in his life has been to provide him a life that he never had and opportunities he never dreamed of and a future legacy for you to carry on only if you wanted to. He says he can't speak the same about Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Riddle then interrupted and said he's ready to drop the hammer of justice on the judgment day. Ray is really believable in this storyline. You feel the sadness and the sympathy coming off Ray Mysterio, which is great. If they can keep this up, if they can keep this up, it looks like we may be getting that Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio father and son match at WrestleMania that will really be a passing of the torch moment for Dominic Mysterio. And then reconciliation would come back to the Mysterio family. And that Judgment Day curse could be broken. If they play their cards right and they really, you know, slow play this and they take their time with it and develop some stories in the meantime going into WrestleMania with this, it could really be a special, special moment. Hopefully that's the case. I'd love to see it. I know Ray says he didn't want it, but I mean, all signs are pointing to that happening. So hopefully that's the case. NXT, they had an NXT commercial. If Vince McMahon was running this show and this was black and gold, you'd never even hear a peep about black and gold. They used the new black and gold or black and white with, uh, or white and gold with black trim logo, whatever the fuck it is. Everybody thinks it's the black and gold. We'll talk about it tomorrow night. And we got one more taped show before we get this new revamp of this new era, 2.5 of NXT. So NXT love on Monday Night Raw. You love to see it. Chad Gable and Otis, they stopped Johnny Wrestling in the back. Johnny Gargano. Gable says he cost their friend Theory the match out there with Kevin Owens. He says he's new around here, so we'd like to give him a lesson. He said he made the biggest mistake of his young career. He says, when you mess with their... Now, now we all know that's not true. The biggest mistake of Johnny Gargano's career was messing with Psycho Killer, Tommaso Ciampa. Not Chad Gable. And not Otis. And not Alpha Academy. You're messing with the Alpha Academy when you mess with Theory. KO walked up to both Otis and Gable to stand next to Gargano. KO said, Gargano had his back out there. So he's there for him this week, now against Alpha Academy. Gable says they should have a two-on-two match with even odds next week. KO says he loved beating the hell out of Gable in his home country, and next week they'll be back in Canada, in Edmonton, his hometown. 
He agreed to the match when Gable began saying, yes, Gargano shushed him. Gargano was the one doing the shushing to Chad Gable. You love to see it. This is going to be a great match next week. Great match next week, and I love the pairing of Gargano and Owens, man. Just brings you back. Brings you back to the old days, man. Brings you back to the NXT feel. Brings you back to the indie feel, right? Now, I know there'll be a lot of people. Oh, look at this. Look at this overweight slob and this vanilla midget. This is Triple H. <laughs> this is Triple H's vision of the main roster. <laughs> you love to see it. I love it. It's great. Gargano and Kevin Owens are awesome. Shush, please. That's what I have to say to those geeks. Judgment Day. They made their way out to the ring. Uh, By the way, we have uh, less than a month before the new Alter Bridge record, Pawns and Kings. And I love every song that they've released so far. My favorite being Sin After Sin so far. Title track is awesome, but Sin After Sin, man, it's just something about that song. Something about that song. So Judgment Day comes out. And we got Dominic over there with Rhea Ripley, and they're kind of still egging it on with Rhea and Dominic. She's whispering in his ear. Everybody wants to know what Rhea Ripley is whispering in Dominic's ear, right? That's the whole thing, though. That's the whole thing. People are loving this. So they're all out there. She's putting her arm around him and said now... That he's all man, right? He's out there with Judgment Day. With Dominic by their side. No one will stop the Judgment Day. I don't know if Dominic's going to take them to the next level, but whatever Rhea Ripley wants to say to float her boat, man, I don't know. You don't want to fuck with Rhea Ripley. So she put her arm around Dominic, telling everybody that he's all man, whatever that means, get your mind out of the gutter. Balor said he's a brave man to stand up to his enemies and a great deal more brave to stand up to his father. Priest smiled and shook hands with Dominic. I love this guy, he says. I love him. I love him. He said no longer, no longer he walks in a shadow and is willing to fight his own battles. So he proved that last week when he faced Edge one-on-one. Priest then told the fans to shut their mouths and... Show respect for Dominic. Fans were booing. Dominic, he's he's standing there and he's just listening to this. And I don't know if they expected this out there with them, with Dominic. They fucking rained down booze on Dominic Mysterio to a point where when it came time for him to cut a promo, he could not even get the words out of his mouth. He was so taken aback by the nuclear heat that this crowd gave Judgment Day. Now, I love that. At one point, he smiled. Now, if I'm out there and I'm done, I'm smiling when I hear that, man. I'm just, I'm just soaking that shit in. That's exactly what he did. You know, he needed to cut his promo. It came time for him to speak, but he just, he just stood there and he soaked it all in. I don't think he even, I don't even think he expected half, a tenth of that when he went out there with Judgment Day. But people don't like Dominic Mysterio. And that's the sign of a well-constructed storyline. If Dominic is getting that type of reaction from this fucking crowd that was hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold all night, then that is the sign of good storytelling. Fans are booing. 
And after it died down, well, it really didn't die down, but he ha- actually had to speak louder to speak over the crowds booing him. Dominic absorbed all these cheers. He says he couldn't be prouder to be standing alongside his new family. They got louder with the boos. He said they're his real family. Balor then said, that's beautiful. I think we're having a moment here. He says they should get a group portrait, a family photo. And they posed for the ringside photographer. Matt Riddle's music interrupted. Riddle rolled out on his scooter. Ray came out. They showed Dominic staring at his father. And we got the Judgment Day with Balor and Damian Priest. Rhea Ripley and Dominic on the outside against Rey Mysterio and Matt Riddle. This is the start of Hour 3 on Monday Night Raw. This match went 17 minutes. 17 minutes. This tag team match went 17 minutes. We had the Brawling Brutes and Street Profits go 15 minutes. We had Kevin Owens and Austin Theory go 13 minutes. And we had Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins go 20 minutes. We're getting professional wrestling on Monday night. Isn't it a great thing, folks? Isn't it a great fucking feeling? If this was Vince McMahon, we would have had seven matches by now with each one of them going three minutes. How much better does the, does, the, does the show flow with matches going 15, 20 minutes and you get three, four matches tops on Monday night? It really eliminates the fucking need for rematches, right? I love it. There should be not one single fucking complaint from anybody about Monday Night Raw and the way the show is being handled. Triple H has a tremendous, talented roster. He's sending them out there to do exactly what they're paid to do. Wrestle. It's not rocket science, folks. It's not that difficult to figure out. Makes you wonder what the fuck they were doing two months ago. 17 minutes this match went. So Ray got the brunt of the offense here. Judgment Day beat him down. Judgment Day beat him down. So... They worked over Ray. Riddle made a tag. His comeback was cut off. Priest took him out with a choke slam on the ring apron. Ripley gave Riddle back suplex outside the ring behind the referee's back. Riddle eventually gave Priest a bro to sleep. And Ray made the hot tag back in. Ray hit Balor with a low drop kick. Seated senton, springboard crossbody. All of Ray's signature offense. Priest saved Balor from a 6-1-9. So Riddle hit him with a punt kick. And took him out with a beautiful-looking dive on the outside that thrusted Priest into the announce desk. Ray gave Balor a 619, went to the top as Rhea Ripley distracted the referee. Rollins, all of a sudden, comes out to repay Matt Riddle for the interference in his match against Bobby Lashley. Look at the nice, easy, logical booking here. Riddle came out to cost Rollins... And now Rollins is out there to cost Riddle. Great. Rollins attacked Riddle. Ray ended up chasing him away with a steel chair. And Rollins and Ray, they had something going on with that uh, eyeball match that they had during the Thunderdome era or the PC era, the COVID era. Remember that eyeball match where they extracted Ray's eyeball? Ridiculous. So they got a little bit of a history there. So I like this. Dominic then stared at Ray. This was great. Dominic's on the outside after he chases Seth Rollins. Dominic is on the outside. He sees his father with the steel chair begging him, 
please, please hit me, basically leaving himself open. And Ray is contemplating and thinking and mulling it over. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He gets back into the ring. He walked right into a sling blade by Balor. Priest gave Ray a chokeslam, and Balor finished him off with a coup de grace for the one, two, three. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff here by everybody involved. I loved it. I loved it. And that little shot of Ray, you know, wanting to do it, right, to teach his son a lesson, but just couldn't bring himself to fucking hit his own son with, Dominic, hit me, hit me, hit me, you know? I love it. I think it's great. This is awesome stuff. It's going to be interesting to see what Triple H does with them going into Survivor Series. It's going to be very interesting to see what goes on here with Survivor Series. A lot of people are like, oh, why don't you put Rollins on uh, the team against the bloodline? (laughs) No. Why would you do that? You're lining yourself up here with Survivor Series, and it's clearly going to be Edge and Rey Mysterio with Matt Riddle. And maybe somebody else, maybe Beth Phoenix involved, right? And we get Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley. So we're going to get that as a Survivor Series match, I believe, or something along those lines. Maybe Rollins involved. Maybe we get, maybe we get Balor, Priest, Dominic, and Rollins, right? Versus Edge and Rey Mysterio. Matt Riddle, and then maybe somebody else. Who, who else would fit into that? I don't know. we got to find a fourth for the, maybe Bobby Lashley. I don't know. Maybe Bobby Lashley. Maybe Bobby Lashley comes out, and he is the fourth partner for Edge and Rey Mysterio against the Judgment Day. I think that would be great. That would get Rollins and Riddle on the Survivor Series card. It would continue their feud, and we can get this big blow-off at Survivor Series because, you know, If you're going to do the women's war games match and the men's war games match, a lot of the attention is going to be focused on that. You're going to have to tie up the the other... AJ Yes, AJ Styles. I'm sorry, AJ Styles. Yes, AJ Styles. So we got Edge. We got Edge, Rey Mysterio, Matt Riddle, and AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins and Judgment Day. There you go. Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Bobby Lashley or AJ Styles, one or the other. It, it, It could be either one of them, but AJ Styles, yes, does fit. Absolutely. There you go. We just booked Survivor Series. We just booked another Survivor Series match. I love it. This is awesome, man. This takes me back to when I was in love with the Survivor Series to begin with. Look at all the feuds going on right now. And then Survivor Series comes along, you put them all in an elimination match, and there you go. There you go. I love it. Banger. Absolute banger of a match. Love it. We got Rollins and Riddle. In a big pull-apart brawl that happened after this match in the back, in the locker room. And we get Riddle yelling, I want you at Extreme Rules. Fight pit. Rollins said, yeah, whatever. Sure. Anytime, anyplace. Extreme Rules, fight pit. Seth said he's on and he's a dead man. So we're getting a fight pit. We had a couple of fight pit matches in NXT. One of them, the better one, I believe there was two of them, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody correct me on that. There were two fight pit matches. The first one that we saw was Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher, I believe it was. And I thought that was fantastic stuff. That was tremendous stuff. 
and it was bloody. It got bloody. So we could definitely see something along those lines happen here, and it definitely ties into it being extreme with the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. This is going to be great. Extreme Rules is really looking like a thumbs-up show just on paper. Miss TV. Miss TV, he wanted Dexter Loomis as his guest on Miss TV. So Miz and Champa, they were in the ring for Miz TV, and Miz said Dexter crossed the line when he stepped foot in his home. He called him a lunatic as he described how he drew a picture of his family and left it on his dining room table and then left. He says he is sick of looking over his shoulder. He said a few days ago he was celebrating his daughter's third birthday. He says it was a Minions-themed party, and he was worried Dexter was dressed up as one of them. That was funny. He was worried that Dexter was dressed up as one of the minions. He said he punched one of them just to be safe, and the kids were screaming, you hurt Stuart, the minion. Ms. asked, why me? A lot of people are asking, what did Dexter do to me? I'm asking, why me? Never mind that. Why are you targeting me? Why? So fans are chanting, tiny balls, tiny balls. He called Dexter to the ring to explain himself, man-to-man, face-to-face. All of a sudden, the camera catches a knife searing through the ring mat as the Miz is cutting a promo. And Miz is calling Dexter Loomis a weak-minded sociopath as he's cutting a fucking square box in the middle of the ring. See this knife just jagged through the, uh, the ring mat. Dexter popped up from the hole that he caught, grabbed Miz, and tried to pull him down underneath the ring. Champa ended up saving him and hit Dexter Loomis with a microphone. Then he goes back down into the hole. He's like, what are them fucking, uh, those, those gophers that you hit at the goddamn fucking uh, arcade? Where you walk in the boardwalk in Atlantic City and you see some fucking geek, you know, come on over, win a prize, some fucking stuffed animal, and you're hitting the fucking gophers, right? How many times can you eat the Gophers in 30 seconds? It's exactly what it looked like. Dexter retreated and popped his head back up. Seconds later, Champion Miz retreated as Dexter stared at them before tucking his head back underneath the ring and retreating. He basically pulled an Undertaker. Yes, he pulled an Undertaker. I'm interested in it. I don't want to tell you guys that uh, I'm over it. You know, I'm sick and tired of it. I want to see where it goes. I enjoyed Dexter Loomis's gimmick. I think Dexter Loomis is great. I think The Miz has played his role here very well. He's been very entertaining. I still think that Champa is involved in some way, shape, or form with Dexter Loomis, and I think this is all a big fucking setup. I do. But the thing is, Dexter Loomis came back how many weeks ago? It's got to be about five weeks, six weeks now, right? He was one of the very first returns in the Triple H administration. It was Bailey with damage control, then it was Dexter Loomis, and then it was Karrion Cross. But coming out of that, I believe it was on the Monday night after SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken, that was July 31. That was July 31. It is now September 20th, September 19th. And we're still going on asking ourselves, well, why Miz? 
what did Dexter Loomis do to The Miz? We've gotten skits, we've gotten paintings, we've gotten home invasions, we've gotten Dexter Loomis cutting himself up from underneath the ring, we've had abductions, we've had security being fucking mauled by Dexter Loomis, we've had some guy that looked like he was right out of Gotham fucking asylum helping Dexter Loomis while he abducted The Miz. We've seen it all. We've seen it all. But why? Why? Why Miz? Why has he abducted The Miz? What did he do to The Miz? We're going on a month and a half, and we got no explanation at all. I'm going to give them time. But I'm telling you right now that that time is dwindling away. I'm asking myself why every week, and WWE refuses to give us any answers. We've gotten not one crumb of an answer as to why and what Dexter Loomis did to the Miz. Six weeks for an answer is unexcusable or inexcusable. It's pathetic. WWE should be ashamed of themselves that they haven't given us a fucking crumb of an answer. Seriously. I'll take a fucking cookie crumb of something. Just give me something as to why. Otherwise, people are going to lose their interest if this continues any further. I need something here. Maybe it's Maurice. Maybe Maurice is what he wants. I don't know. I don't know. But you got to give us something. Six weeks is way too long for something of an explanation. Judgment Day was celebrating their win when Kevin Patrick approached them backstage. He asked, what's next for them? Ripley said, it's time to celebrate. Dominic said he had to go check on his dad, but then broke into laughter. Ha, 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 ha. No, I don't really have to go check on my father. Dominic says he knew he's got a new mommy now, and they looked over at each other. Ripley said, mommy knows best. Uh Uh-oh. Get your mind out of the gutter, folks. Get your mind out of the gutter. Priest says they got a party to go to now. The camera then stayed with Finn Balor as... They noticed AJ Styles on his cell phone down the hallway. AJ was talking on the phone. Balor asked, well, we haven't spoken in a while, AJ. What's going on? Styles says that they haven't spoken since he joined Judgment Day. Styles tried to walk away, but Balor stopped him and said he never turned his back on him. Styles says he wants no part of Judgment Day. Balor says they've known each other for so long, but it seems like he's looking for a fight. They had to stare down. Balor then broke the stair and hugged him and told him to remember that the offer still stands. Styles hard blinked at Balor and said, no, thank you. No, thank you. So Edge, Matt Riddle, Rey Mysterio, and AJ Styles, quite the Survivor Series team against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Seth Rollins, and Dominic Mysterio. There's your Survivor Series match, folks. Book it. Book it. We go to the main event. Alexa Bliss with Asuka and Bianca Belair against Bailey, who was out there with Dakota Kai and EO Sky. This was your main event of Monday Night Raw. I don't know why. Much rather prefer the United States title or a title match in this spot for the main event, but they thought otherwise. This wasn't as bad as I expected it to be with Alexa Bliss being in there, but I could not really bring myself to really fully invest 
in this match because it honestly meant nothing. It was just a regular match with really nothing on the line in the main event. It's all about Bailey and Bianca Belair. So at this point, we kind of know that Bailey's not going to lose this match because she's probably going to be the one challenging Bianca Belair at the pay-per-view for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. So the match itself was fine. And they kept hammering this point home, like I mentioned before, that Bliss isn't as good as she used to be, and she's not what she used to be. She's a shell of her former self, whatever that may be. But Bailey targeted Bliss's leg, tried to use the announce table, but Bliss fought off of the announce desk and hit a dive off the table. Bailey continued to target the leg. And they traded cradles back and forth for a series of two counts. Bailey nailed the Bailey to Belly for a two count. And the crowd started doing, let's go, Bailey. Bailey sucks, Chance. Very reminiscent of NXT. Bliss blocked a middle row Belly to Belly and hit a code red on Bailey for a two. Bailey tried a cover with her feet on the middle rope, but Belair saw this and pushed Bailey's feet off the rope, breaking up the pin. That led to a brawl with all four women on the outside. So we got Bianca and Asuka brawling with Io and Dakota. So this led to a distraction finish. This was when Bliss went for a top rope move. She went up top, but Kai distracted the ref as Sky knocked her off the top rope. Bailey immediately went for her rose plant, which is just basically a headlock driver right into the mat. And that was it. One, two, three. And damage control aids Bailey in beating Alexa Bliss at the end of Monday Night Raw. Afterwards, Asuka came to Bliss's defense. She was overwhelmed by the numbers. Belair recovered enough and she entered the ring. She was soon overwhelmed by all the heels and the numbers game got to her. Bailey took the microphone and kneeled over Belair when Belair was taken down by the heels and says, She gets what she wants, when she wants, and she wants the Raw title match at Extreme Rules, throws the mic down, and that's the way the show went off the air. So it is now official. It is now official. It is Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Bayley at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I thought tonight was a very focused It was a very storyline-driven Monday Night Raw. We got matches that went 12. You know, I think the one match that went the least amount of time was Owens and Thera. That went about 12, 13 minutes. We got 20 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 17 minutes. The main event went 15 minutes. We got five matches tonight on a three-hour show. Look at how the show flowed. Five matches with pro wrestling, promos in between, segments in between. We got a great Miz TV segment with Dexter Loomis coming up through the ring cutting the ring open like he's the fucking Undertaker. This was a very focused Monday Night Raw. We could see where Triple H is going with Extreme Rules. We could see where Triple H is going early on with Survivor Series. Very focused Monday Night Raw, man. I was very pleased with what I saw tonight. Very pleased. And WWE, man, heating up. We got the Bray Wyatt tease. We got a potential for other... You know, people coming on in. There was a report over the weekend that Triple H is not done bringing people back. Wyatt is not going to be the end of it. We could see the return of Tegan Knox. We could see the return of Jonah Bronson Reed. We could see Kyrie Sane. 
coming back, which could also factor into uh, the war games. We could see Kyrie Sane brought back, and she entered war games, right? We could see Tegan Knox being paired with Dakota Kai. It could be a situation where it's not Ronda or Shayna or Sasha Banks or Naomi. It could be Kyrie Sane, you know, and she forms her alliance with Asuka again. And we can see Tegan Knox join the damage control group. Just throwing that out there. That could also be a situation as well where Triple H is thinking ahead and we haven't seen these pieces to the puzzle yet. How great would that be to see Kyrie saying back and we see the Sky, the Sky Pirates, whatever the fuck they were called, the uh, Kabuki Warriors, right? Asuka and Kyrie saying on the same team going into war games with Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss versus Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, and Antigua Knox. Sounds like a great fucking time to meet. Candice LeRae is another one. We could see Candice LeRae in Damage Control. She would be perfect. For damage control. Never mind Tegan Knox. Candice LeRae would be perfect for damage control, man. That would be awesome. That would be great. If we can't get Kyrie saying Tegan Knox on the babyface side, going against Dakota, they got a history there. And that was one of the biggest heel turns in NXT history. With Dakota Kai taking on Tegan Knox out of war games. Triple H knows what he's doing. Triple H knows what he's doing. So we will see what happens there. And uh, I'm excited about it, man. I really am excited about what WWE's got up their sleeve and what Triple H has got up his sleeve. We're going to get into the Super Chats, guys. We got Super Chats to go over. We got 1,000 likes. The minimum has been hit. The minimum has been hit. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button if you're new around here. Obviously, if you stayed this long, you enjoyed what I brought to the table. And what I'm bringing to the table tonight in the form of my sponsor is Manscaped. The NFL is back, man. I'm not a fan of the NFL. I don't watch football. But I know a lot of you guys who watch me love your NFL, man. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped state-of-the-art tech, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code Scripts. Script 20. At checkout for 20% off and free shipping, man. Join the 6 million men worldwide. Look at this starting lineup. At quarterback, you got the lawnmower 4.0. They're number one in below-the-waist grooming. At running back, you got the weed whacker, the ear and nose hair trimmer. On the offensive line, they got the Crop Preserver. That's their ball deodorant and Crop Reviver. Ball toner. At Whiteout, the cleanest duo in the league. They got the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. At Tight End, they got the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And on defense, there's only one thing you need. That is the Aluminum-Free Ultra Premium Deodorant by Manscaped. And to top it all off, man, the best coach in the league, the Shed Travel Bag. That's their free bonus. 
You guys can get all this, man, and have your all-star team ready for you whenever you need. This has got Super Bowl written all over it. Don't take my word for it. Manscaped's got 6 million men worldwide who use their product, and you guys can use it as well. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20, 20% off, free shipping. And I want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the show tonight, man. Right here on Off The Script. As always, a great friend and a great sponsor of the show. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Uh, let's start at the top. Blaze. Four ninety nine. What is Rhea Ripley whispering in Dominic's ear? Put the lotions in the baskets. Now, she's not as bad as Von Wagner. Maybe she's whispering. JD's meet and greet VIP meetup at the Woodlot, 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon before AEW Dynamite. Be there and buy him an old fashioned. Seriously. Thank you, Blaze. $2 super chat by Joseph Taylor. Top three Family Guy episodes you like. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a. That's. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one, man. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. Vincent O'Connell, $5 Super Chat. JD, you are the GOAT. Joseph, anything between season, I would say season three, season four, up until about season seven, season eight is top-notch shit. Vincent O'Connell, JD, you are the GOAT. What if White Rabbit was for someone else, a tie-dye-wearing guitar player who is getting a new gimmick, Elias? No. Dude, if it's Elias, if it, if it is Elias, everybody may boycott WWE. They'll never take anything serious again. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Bailey got back. Yes, she does. Bailey is beautiful. Tyler with a 499 Super Chat. People are saying White Rabbit is for Dexter. Or cross, but I think it's Bray. We will have to keep our eyes open on SmackDown. It's not carrying cross. And why would it be for Dexter when Dexter's on the show? This is clearly a tease for something more than a carrying cross or a Dexter Lewis. Sidro. Sidro's got jokes tonight. Fight all super chat. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, and Charlotte Flair are all on a sinking ship. Who would be saved? The fans. I like that one, Sidro. I like that. I'm going to take a sip of my cold beverage for that one. Another $5 super job by Sidro. What do you call a cow that learns strong style? Shinsuke Nakamura. I like that one, too. I like that one, too. Steven Escalante with a 499 Super Chat. Prayers for my dog passing away on Saturday. Had her for 17 years. I am sorry to hear that, Steven. I hate hearing shit like that, bro. 
Everybody in the OTS venue, man, throw up those prayer emojis for Steven Escalante and his poor baby passing away. 17 years. Sorry to hear that, brother. Colleen Schmitz with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, traveling from Albany down to Queens Wednesday for my Grand Slam, or for Grand Slam, my son's under 21. Can he still stop by the meet and greet and get a pick with you? Absolutely, Colleen. Absolutely. All ages permitted. Obviously, he won't be able to drink, but there'll be food and non-alcoholic beverages such as soda and club soda and seltzer and juice. Good to go. Good to go. Thank you, Colleen. Philip Newton with a 499. I'm watching Raw on DVR, so it will be a while before I will be able to catch your show. That is the work life. Good thing about the stream, bro. It's on demand whenever you want to watch. Mendelfs Isma. We haven't seen Mendelfs in the chat in a while. Mendelfs, what is going on, bro? $10 super chat. Cody wins the Royal Rumble. Rock comes back and challenges Roman. Roman beats Rock Saturday. Cody beats Roman on Sunday. And then Theory cashes in on Cody, ruining his lifelong dream. Just me? Yeah. Absolutely just you, Mendelfs. We are going to need Cody winning that world title at WrestleMania. That is the moment. 15-month membership. James, thank you so much, brother. Lord JD, get him, Scoob. As for everybody else, free drinks on me tonight. Sorry, work's been kicking my ass. But always glad to show support for OTS. Thank you, brother. 15 months, man. Thank you for the recommitment. Mr. Premium 2002 with a 499 Super Chat. I'm going to be at this Friday SmackDown live in attendance. Should be an interesting show with this White Rabbit tease taking place. Definitely going to be interesting, man. Definitely going to be interesting. Michael Crowley with a $5 Super Chat. Your thoughts on Triple H getting rid of the E by renaming it Worldwide Wrestling Federation, a.k.a. Triple WF. No. No, they will never change the name from what it is now. It's a global name right now, man. Not changing the name ever again. Richard Williams with a $2 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I just lost my aunt yesterday. She got shot. It's quite a morbid super chat there, Richard Williams. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Prayer emojis for Richard Williams and his aunts who got shot yesterday. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. Road Dog got your first name wrong. LOL. Oh, you didn't know. Yeah, he called me Joe. He called me Joe. He mistaking me. He, 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 he took me for somebody else that I will not mention. Tommy Brannigan with a $2 Super Chat. I'm pumped that they are bringing back war games to WWE. Tommy, we're all thrilled, brother. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. 
Well, with all the Goldberg videos WWE's been posting on Instagram, maybe it's Goldberg because this Friday, it's 25 years of Goldberg's career. Bro, if, if it's Goldberg, I'm not reviewing SmackDown. I'm, I'm just taking the night off. I'm just taking the night off. Anshu Kamal with a 40 super chat. JD, I acknowledge you. Anshu, thank you, brother. Brian with a 499 super chat. Hey, JD, today's my birthday. Can I get a Raquel? <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez. And finally, let me get a peanut butter whiskey on the rocks. Peanut butter whiskey for Brian and his birthday. Thank you, Brian. Happy birthday, brother. Lewis S. with a $10 super chat. Enjoy the meet and greet. Have a drink on me. Just got to ask. What the fuck are you drinking, Lewis? I'll probably be drinking it old-fashioned with several different whiskeys. Maybe I'll get some Knob Creek. Maybe I'll get some Bullet. Maybe I'll get some uh, Elijah Craig or maybe some Woodford Reserve. I don't know, man. It depends on how I'm feeling. It depends on what they offer. But we'll be drinking whiskey, and we'll be, we'll be drinking some Z-Biotics, so I don't wake up feeling like shit the next day. Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Chat. Lights out tonight. Technical difficulties. LW, this is 2022. No such thing as technical difficulties in this day and age. Yeah, they did that on purpose, Gary. Also with a $5 Super Chat, Gary. Saturday night's main event for the Saturday in Vancouver, British Columbia. AJ Styles takes on Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Love it. Hoping for a tuber to post it. Should be good. Bill Raynette with a 179 in UK Super Chat. Seth Rollins is my WWE MVP for 2022. Absolutely, I agree with you, Bill. Gary Gordon with a $10 Super Chat. Who was the last one to pin Roman? I have no fucking clue. Who was the last one to pin Roman? Who was the last one to pin Roman Reigns? Richard with a $5 super chat. Seen Jesse's tweet today. Looks like he's feeling better. Oh, yeah, he's feeling better. Jesse's feeling better. And can't wait to see you two back live. Missing tacos with the ice cold beverage. Can't wait. Baron Corbin was the last one to pin... Baron Corbin was the last one to pin Roman Reigns? Oh, my God. I would have guessed Lesnar. Yes, Jesse's feeling better, Richard. He will be back uh, in the next couple weeks. I'll be uh, by myself again on Wednesday night for Grand Slam. Eugene Morgan with a $10 super chat. Should be, should the sleeping dragon awake? 
what should Tony Khan do to seriously compete with Helmsley? And I know you said don't take sides, but for the Young Bucks, get him out! Uh, I don't think there is anything Tony Khan could do or should do. Just be and just do. Just put on a great show. That's all he could do. Daredevil with a six-month membership. Thank you, Daredevil. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Mr. Vane, 01 with a new membership. Mr. Vane, what are you drinking tonight, man? Martin Smith with 12 months. Martin, hope it's cold. Hey, JD, Raw was very good tonight. I haven't been excited about the, the WWE product in years. Triple H is the man. Keep up the amazing work, my tribal chief. Thank you, Martin. Captain Solo at a $5 Super Chat. Who would you rather date, Tamina or Nyla Rose? OTS for life, brother. Is there an option C, Captain Solo? Can I take poison for option C? Can I take watching great Kali matches 24 hours straight as a choice? Hank, with a 499 Super Chat, tried to teach my son boxing today. Got kicked in my privates. Boy kicks like a mule. I'll tell you what. I feel like a jackass. Love the show, JD. Hank, thank you so much, brother. Hopefully your balls uh, get better. Maybe you need some Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. What is your favorite Bret Hart match? Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. Not even a fucking question. I got a couple of favorite Bret Hart matches. Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. Uh, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, the 1993 King of the Ring. I loved Bret and Diesel at the 1995 Survivor Series. Bret Undertaker at the 1997 SummerSlam. I loved the SummerSlam 1993. Bret Hart, so believe it or not, Bret Hart versus Doink the Clown. It's a great fucking match. That, that, that crowd was odd. That crowd was, that was a great fucking match. Brett is so good, bro. Uh, Jaxo, 23. Two-month membership. Thank you, brother. I can't wait for this week's Dynamite. Also, we haven't seen or heard a peep out of the Android. Also, I can't wait for Rollins versus Riddle fight pit. I am waiting for Triple H to give me my new mechanism. I need to go through my antivirus download before I make my debut on SmackDown. Handsamed 210. I missed you, JD. Also, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, but I enjoyed Babyface Sheamus. Could we be getting that soon? Yes. Sheamus is great no matter what. Captain Solo. $2 Super Chat. Where is Bobby freaking Root? Is he still alive? I hope so. Hopefully that is in the Triple H cards. It might not be at the top of the list, but hopefully that's in the cards, man. Glorious Bobby Root. I hope so. 
Richard with a $5 super chat. What if Goldberg comes back Friday for his 25-year anniversary and Bray Wyatt gets his revenge on him from Saudi? Also, have you tried Metallica's whiskey? Yes, I do. I'm not a big fan of rye whiskeys. Uh, why you... Uh, guys, I'm going to need you to cut the Goldberg shit out, okay? Otherwise, I'm walking off the fucking show. I'm going to need everybody mentioning Goldberg to get the fuck out, okay? Get out. Stop mentioning Goldberg. Nobody wants Goldberg here, okay? Nobody wants Goldberg. You're making me very angry. Bad choice with the 199 Super Chat. No message. Why are you shy around here, bro? Bushy Clementine. $10 Super Chat. Never liked the idea of having a person do a run-in and their music hits. Kind of ruins the immersion for me. And then other characters act all stupid about it. Yeah, it sucks. I hate it. It makes whoever is involved look like a fucking idiot. James with the $5 Super Chat. After an unsuccessful harvest, why did the farmer decide to try a career in music? Because he had a ton of sick beats. I see James is getting into the comedy scene now. It was a good one, brother. Thank you. I'm not a fan of beats, by the way. B-E-E-T-S. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of beats. Miss Joker. But then Australia might. $2 super chat. JD, much love with heart emojis. I can't wait for Bray Wyatt. Me too, Miss Joker. I miss Bray Wyatt. Bad choice with a 199 super chat. Bliss quoted White Rabbit during promo. Thoughts? She's involved. She's involved. Rinix Classic Arcade. With a $5 super chat. If it's Gacy trolling us on his way to the main roster, I may break my TV. Oh, my God. You know, I, I got to get out of here, man. You guys are, are bringing Goldberg and Joe Gacy to the list of names. Uh, I got I got to get the fuck out of here, man. Serious, I got to get the fuck out of here. Close enough to venue, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Can't do it. Jack's up 23 with a $10 super chat. OTS for life. Also, I think Extreme Rules and Survivor Series matches will be great. Also, I think Sami Zayn will get kicked out of the bloodline very soon. I think it will be after Survivor Series. Yes, indeed. I think Sami Zayn should be on the bloodline Survivor Series team. And ultimately, he decides what he wants to do then. Anyway, guys, we, we had a great show tonight. We had a great show tonight. I appreciate you guys very much. I thought Raw was very good tonight. Thank you for all the love and support on the channel. Major TikTok day today. 100,000 views. Nearly 10,000 followers on TikTok. Thank you for that. Twitter, at JD from NY206. Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys are in the know when I go live and when I upload. Once again, meet and greet. OTS VIP Meetup at 3 p.m. on Wednesday in New York City, right before AEW Grand Slam. 
We are going to be live in New York. The Woodlot. Woodside Avenue. It's about a 12-minute Uber to Grand Slam. 12-minute Uber to Arthur Ashe and about a 7 or 8 train stop to Arthur Ashe. You're right within distance. Go check out today's content. Talk about war games. Give my immediate thoughts on that. Go check out last night's podcast live stream on the channel. And remember to hit that thumbs up, guys. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to continue hating the Modern Warfare 2 beta. It sucks. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that fucking music on max. Thank you guys for a great night. I'll see you tomorrow night live for NXT right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.